So we're super excited for today, but this is what I'd like for you to do. You, you may take your seats, and I want you to write this down on your notes. So pull out your smartphone, your dumb phone, your tablet, your, your rock and chisel, your pen and paper. Write it on your hand if you got to figure something out. Um, but today, this is the title. I want you to write this down. I found my faith in the middle of blank. Today, these three people, I believe, are consecrated and holy enough to teach you about how to find your faith while you're in the middle of whatever you're, sit, you're sitting in. Now, now, just by a show of hands, how many of all of you out here are in the middle of perfection? Like your life is perfect, nothing, everything's going fine. Okay, now how many of you out there by a show of hands are in the middle of some stuff? I saw my man in the back put his feet up. Today, this is what I'd like for you to do. Open up your heart, open up your ears, and open up your expectancy. You guys are gonna do an amazing job. I can't wait to break it down a little bit more afterwards. Can we give them one round of applause? After this video, we're gonna get into the word. Hello, my name is Yvonne Smith, and I am Connections Director here at Ambassadors Worship Center. I want to give honor to um, our founding uh, pastors and apostolic leaders, um, Dr. Martin and Dr. Linnell Williams. Um, also would like to give honor to Pastor Joshua. Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> and I would like to give honor to my husband, John. Thank you, babe. All right, so I found faith in the middle of making decisions. All right, um, at this time in my life, I was so frustrated with church. I was like tired of the different things that I was going through and I was tired of seeing the different things that others were going through. And I became very, very, very discouraged. And it really didn't help that I was watching a lot of um, pastors on TV. And they were teaching the word and they were helping me to grow. So at one point, I was like, look, there is no need to be walking up in the church dealing with all these issues. Why do I have to go through the same thing at church that I go through at work? What's the purpose in going to church? I may as well stay home and let these ministers and these pastors help me deal with me, right? Now, at this point, I wasn't even considering that if I'm having issues with multiple people, I'm the common denominator. So, you know, I, I wasn't, that wasn't my thinking. You know, I was stuck in my foolishness. I was stuck in my shenanigans, and I wanted everybody else to just deal with it, right? Nah. So what ended up happening was I made the decision to just go ahead and stay home. So John and Antoine and Tia, they would go to church, and I just stayed home. I did that for about two weeks. Um, I ended up having a dream, okay? So in this dream, there was a fire. It started in the furnace, and it went up, and it consumed the whole house. John was at work. Antoine, Tia, and I got out, and we were on the side of, well, we was like in the street in the dream, and we were looking at the house that just totally got consumed with the fire, and the first thing that I heard the Lord say was, which, pe which pastor are you going to call now? Which preacher? In fact, which one of them know your name? Who knows you? Who's let alone going to help you? Who know you? <laughs> so it was quite interesting. So I, I had to deal with me. 
Okay? I had to deal with me. You know, it's so, and, and I'm just going to do this really quick, y'all. When you point a finger, there's three coming back at you. Only one is going towards everybody else, but three are coming at you. So we have to deal with us more than we deal with others. Or in fact, we can't even, we don't even have what it takes to help somebody if we haven't helped ourselves. But where the issue comes in, I know sometimes we don't realize it's us. I get it. I was there too. Sorry about that. My phone has just went black. All right. Now I'm back. Now I'm back. All right. So after, so after it also, when this was happening, um, my mind went back to my foundation. So the very first time that I was exposed to the spirit realm, I went to a revival and afterwards I was introduced to the, the evangelist and he was shake, he shook my hand. And as he was shaking my hand, he started telling me things that I never told anyone. I never shared these things with anyone. I was like, whoa, so something was going on. Some, hello, something was going on in the inside that I, I couldn't explain because I've never experienced this before. So I was like, okay, this is different. So then I went to a women's retreat with some of the women at work and they were talking in tongues and folk were falling out and hitting the ground and, and then they were singing in the spirit. And I was like, wait a minute, what is this? There's so much peace, there's so much love, there's so much, um, it, feels, it felt like I was in heaven is what it felt like. Um, now, you know how the word says, you know, in heaven as it is in earth, let it be in heaven as it is in earth. Okay, yeah. So, it felt like heaven, y'all. That's what it felt like. And so, what ended up happening was, um, I ended up getting filled with the Holy Spirit. And after that happened, we were in a Baptist church at that time. So, when we went back to the Baptist church, nothing was the same. Because now we had something happening. Well, I had something and John had already had the Holy Spirit on the inside. So it, it, when we hear the Baptist preacher teaching and he said, he's like, yeah, well, speaking in tongues is the devil. I'm like, but there's so much peace. I, I can't, I can't, you know, I can't deny what has happened on the inside of me. I hear what you're saying, but what I'm experiencing is something totally different. And I cannot deny what I'm experiencing. So what ended up happening was we ended ended up making the decision to move to a church similar to this, a non-denominational church. Now, in that process, so keep in mind, we had to make a decision, right? Now, when we allow the Holy Spirit to help us in making decisions, um, then we, we make the best decision for our life because keep in mind, he knows what's going to be happening way out there. All we're doing is looking at what we're experiencing, and we, we're looking from a lens that is not complete, but he's been in the presence of the Father. He's, he's, he is the Father, I'm sorry, so he knows our end from our beginning, and because he knows our end from our beginning, he can take us through the process to get there, right? Okay, so... Yes, through the middle. Yes, yes, it's the process. The, through the middle is another word for we're going through the process. Yeah, 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 okay. So anyway, so we're going to get over here. We're going to go to Acts 1 and 6. We're going to go to 1 and 6 really quick. And uh, we're going to use the King James Version. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Now keep in mind, what they were, they were saying, the, now Jesus done came, he done showed them, he done died, and um, now he's about to, and he rose again, right? And they're in the same mindset they were in before they first, when they first met him. Because remember, they were like, are you going to come and are you going to overthrow the Roman kingdom? 
Jesus wasn't coming to overthrow the kingdom. He was coming to bring heaven to earth so we can live earth in heaven, right? I mean, we can leave, live heaven and earth. Oh, Lord, have mercy. All right, y'all, I'm just a little nervous. I'm, I'm trying to calm down. I'm trying to calm down. Hallelujah. I'm going to calm down in the name of Jesus. I'm going to calm down because I know that you need this because this is what's going to help us. See, we've been talking about love, hope, dominion, and power, but we haven't been experiencing it. And we're not going to experience it if we don't know the source. And the source is the Holy Spirit, okay? All right, yeah, okay. So I'm calming down. I'm calming down. Okay. I'm calming down. All right. So the state that they were in, they were still believing that Jesus was going to come and overthrow. But Jesus had already said, greater works than I have done, you will do. So, so he told them, we're going to get there for one second. But anyway, so that atmosphere was the same as this one is. So right now we're dealing with COVID. Right now we're dealing with People walking in an elementary school shooting. What is wrong with you up here? What is wrong with you here? Oh my gosh, People, a woman can't walk down the street without getting raped or mugged. What, what is going on? So the condition that we're in, so keep in mind, I'm just gonna say this, I have to declare this in Jesus' name. Right now, COVID is a household name, but the name of Jesus will be returned in being a household name because that's the only name that has been given the authority, hallelujah, that is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow, every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So let, let's get that straight, okay? COVID, you don't have a name above the name of Jesus. I just, I just had to say that, okay? So now I digress a little bit, but let me get back on. So anyway, so then in verse, okay, did we get to seven? We, we didn't get to seven. Can we go to seven? There we go. All right. So he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority. And then verse eight, my God, I thank you. You said you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and in the uttermost parts of the world. Oh, yes. And in Omaha, Nebraska. Yes, Mother Woods. And in your house and in my house. Hallelujah. We're going to be witnesses when that power comes on us. And so what, what I was experiencing, y'all, in that women's retreat, what I was experiencing when that man of God touched my hand, I was experiencing the Holy Ghost. And then I asked him to come in. I asked him to sup with me. I asked him to be with me. I asked him to be my friend. And I began to spend time in the word. I began to pray in tongues. I began in Jesus' name to receive the power on the inside so I can do some things on the outside in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. And I want you to have that same power. Yes, I do. Hallelujah. We want you to have that same power. And you can have it. You can raise your hands right now and say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, come and be in my life. Manifest yourself. Make yourself strong in my life in the name of Jesus. I want to be filled with you. I want you to be my best friend. Hallelujah. We search and we want to be everybody else's best friend. We need to be the friend of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 
hallelujah, because he is God in the earth and shall be in us when we ask him to. In the name of Jesus. All right. So what I ended up doing, hallelujah, and I still do this to this day. I can give you so many testimonies. And hopefully when we have our, and I know I got it. Oh, yeah. Yes, Lord. Okay. And I, I know, yes, yes. Hopefully I'll get a chance to share that. All right. So anyway, so the first thing I had to do was make a decision. Make a decision based on, um, uh, let's see here. I had to be honest with the fact um, that I just did not want to do that thing, whatever the thing was. I just had to make sure I didn't want to do it, okay? Um, be honest with myself is um, the first step. Because the bottom line is, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. So Jesus is our example, right? And Jesus being our example, I know, I know. All right, so Mark 14, 32 through 42, um, you can go ahead and write that down and read it later. It's Jesus in the garden. So then um, the second step is going to be support your decision with scripture. So ponder and think about those scriptures and meditate on them so that they can become a part of your life so you can believe them. And, um, and then you will see it manifest. And then the third step is to celebrate every victory. Nothing is too great and nothing is too small. All right. Thank you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you, my sister. You did an excellent job. Thank you so much. My name is Ron Jefferson, and I also want to echo what my sister did. I honor our pastors. Thank you so much, Joshua and Vanessa. I also honor our first family, Pastor Martin, uh, sorry, our apostolic family, Pastor Martin and Linnell. And I want to say hello to my beautiful wife. Hey, honey. And my mom's here today, too. She didn't know I was speaking today. All right. Let's get started. Um, I'm going to follow up where uh, Sister Yvonne stopped. And my sermon, uh, my message is, I found my, I, I found my faith in the middle of my barrenness. Okay, and that's not just for kids, by the way. If you ever were at a place where you had a dream, you had a vision of something that God gave you, but it wouldn't come out, or you couldn't, you couldn't even conceive it. You're at a place where you might be barren, okay? But God can lead you through that season of barrenness into a place where you can conceive and give fruit that glorifies him. Is that okay? Okay, so let me share a little bit more about our story. Um, my wife and I were about four, four to five years into our marriage. And at that point, we had decided that we were ready to expand our family. Um, God had shown me, and I felt the desire to have a son. And, and so naturally, we did, what, we did what married people do, right? And so we started trying, okay? But in our effort, in the work that we were doing, we weren't actually producing anything. And so it was like, okay, so this is your process. We're enjoying your process, but the process isn't producing. Have you guys ever been there? You have a vision, you have a business idea, but it's not actually moving forward. You're not moving forward as a result of it. You feel like, man, I feel like I'm just... I'm just miscarrying. I feel like I'm just like, what, 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 what my efforts are not being honored. Like, God, do you hear me? Do you see me? What's happening? So, so um, one of the issues that happened is we found out that my wife had fibroids, unfortunately. And so you have to remember that faith without works is dead. Okay, so sometimes there are some natural things you need to do along with the spiritual things to move forward. Okay, so we went to go see a physician. My wife went into surgery, hallelujah, hallelujah. God brought her through that surgery successfully. And then at that point, 
we were, we were, we were left to do what married people do. So, like, um, so, 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 so we began to, to do our part, and then God did his part. Amen? Hallelujah? And so I want to share a couple things with you that, very briefly, that we did in order to remain in faith to bring about the blessing and ultimately what God wanted, not just what we wanted. You, you know your desires aren't just your desires, right? You understand that if it's there, it's because he placed it there. See, here's the thing. God said in the very beginning, be fruitful, multiply, replenish, and subdue. So all we were really trying to do is saying, God, we're just trying to honor your word. This wasn't our idea. This wasn't my vision. This wasn't just about extending the Jefferson name. It's about obeying the original mandate to have dominion within the earth. Okay. So let, let, me go, let, me, let me go here. Let me go to my first point. My first point is this. In order to be faithful, you must be faith-filled. In order to be full of faith, right, you have to have something that goes in you first. Let me, let me say it this way. Faith does not work from the outside in. It work, sorry, let me say it this way. It does not work from the inside out, but it works from the outside in and then out. Okay, let me, let me try this this way. If a farmer is expecting a harvest, he has to plant something in first. Once it goes in the ground, it gets cultivated, and then, it comes, and then the harvest comes out. Right? So, so, so what we had to do was we, we had to center what we were doing around, around a verse in the Word of God that, that, that described our situation. So I, so I have one. Can I show you this? Come here, son. I need your help. Come here. This is my blessing, y'all. All right. No, no, come here. I want you to stand right here. I want you to hold this, just like that. Now, here's the thing. Hold, hold it up. I, I can't see yet. Right there. Here's the thing. I couldn't see my son. I, I knew he was behind the invisible. But what I could do is I could see this verse. And I held my honey's hand. I said, for this child. I prayed. And the Lord granted me my petition, which I have asked of him. It didn't happen yet. So I said, for this child, we pray. And the Lord has granted us our petition, which we have asked for him. So, so, I, had to, so I had to reach. And here's the thing. My, my, my son exists. I can't see him, but he's there. My son is there. I can't see him, but I know he's there because I feel him. You have to be more convinced about the unseen than you do the seen. The seen will lie to you, but the unseen is the truth. So I said, I said, uh, I said, okay, one more time. For this child, I pray. And the Lord has granted me my petition, which I've asked of him. So I took my faith. I reached through the picture. Let it go, let it go. And I grabbed my son. I grabbed my son. I grabbed my son. You go back and sit down. Thank you, son. Excellent job. So, this hangs in my son's room. Because I want him to know, this is how you got here. It wasn't just by happenstance. But there was faith of your parents. There was faith of your pastors. We had people praying with us. And we reached through and pulled him through from the unseen to the seen. Hey, he's only new to you. But we've been dreaming about him. We've seen him. This is how your faith works. 
So we had this poster made. And, and, and I don't know if you can see it, but my wife and I's picture is kind of pre-imposed inside of it. But uh, I wanted to remind the devil. That's the battle you lost. So it hangs there in my son's room. At any time, I just need a little encouragement. I remember what God has brought me through, what brought us through. I remember what he brought into my life. Okay. I got time to give you one more. So, so l listen. Let's look at what faith. I'm so excited about today. Woo! God is good. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, let me, let me give you this one more point, and I won't rush. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I'm going to go to point number three, guys. So, faith is the sign that the middle you're in is not the end. Okay, so, so let, let's look at this verse. Ooh, I love this verse. Hebrews 11 and 1. Let's, let's do this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence. The evidence of things not seen. So, Kylan, let's talk about substance and evidence. See, um, my wife and I, we have a few cars. And uh, on each and every single one of those cars, we have what's called a certificate of title. Um, so when I go to the DMV to pay for my registration, they don't need to see the they don't need to see the car. They don't need to see. I have a certificate of title. See, even though they don't see the car, they see evidence. So they know that we have it. So, so, so watch this. I want to talk to you about evidence. Um, on this evidence, we have a, it says Nebraska certificate of title. That is the issuer. Okay, the issuer of my son was Jehovah. You understand? Um, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Here's the thing. The Bible says in Jeremiah 1 and verse 5 that before I formed you, Jeremiah, I knew you. Okay, what if Jeremiah was a response to an order someone had placed in faith? What if we pre-impose the story of Samuel over Jeremiah? They're both major prophets, right? But if we want to understand Jeremiah a little better, maybe we can look at Samuel. See, his mother, Hannah, prayed, and she said, so God says, I knew you before I, not put you in the womb, but formed you outside the womb. He was the issuer. Let me get to this. Um, I want to talk to you about this title a little bit more, and I'm going I'm to sit down. Um, on, whew, okay, this last thing I'll, I'll, I'll review about the title. The title has the year, the make, the model, and the color. 
God doesn't mind if you're specific. He doesn't mind. So, 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 so as I'm looking at this year making model of color in the spirit, I see it. I see his brown skin. I see his brown eyes. I see his wavy hair. I see his height. I, I, I see us ourselves on the sidewalk walking along the neighbors. Oh, this is my son. His name is Timothy. It means to honor the Lord because we know where he came from. And that's before he's here. Okay, so, so I can describe him. So, so here's, here's the point I'm trying to make. Everyone shouts when a breakthrough comes. Everyone does. But here's the thing. I want you to shout over the certificate. I, I want you to be in this place of faith. Here's what, here's what, here's what, um, here's what Hannah did. Just, 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 here's what Hannah did. Hannah did this. She, she said, she, she was, she came to the, to the church house. And she said, um, and, and she was um, speaking, but you couldn't hear her. And so, can you come here, man of God? You're my man of God. Just for a second. Okay, so, so the man of God. The man of God was, 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 she was like, and, and a man of God says, 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 why are you drunk at this hour of the day? Why, why, why are you doing this? And, and, and he, did, he didn't even know. He didn't even know. He didn't even know. And he said, he said, whatever it is, the Lord has granted you the petitions of your heart. Okay. So, so, so here's what I'm excited about. Because I said the shout over certificates. She said, she got up, she, 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 she tied her, her, she washed her face, and she went home. And she was going to find her husband, because now she had work to do. The next day, she did the work, and the Bible says, in the process of time, she conceived. So, so... Thank you, Pastor. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna end with this. Um, I know standing in the place of faith you're in is real tough. But uh, who else you gonna believe? What's your option B besides God? And all of that, I've seen him do miracle after miracle. He wants to take you from place to place. Level to level, glory to glory, and faith to faith. Amen. My God is able. Thank you, Pastor Josh, and thank you, guys. Amen. Good morning, Ambassadors Worship Center. This, I'm shaking in my shoes now. Like, this is good, like, from a good perspective, right? First of all, I'd just like to thank my pastors, uh, both Pastor Jas and my lovely Vanessa, my heart. And also Dr. Martin and Pastor Linnell and, and all of you, really, because this is the foundation that has caused us to be able to speak to you today. So thank you. And thank you to my husband, Chris, and my parents, Kevin and Denise. You know, I found faith in the middle of transition. 
If you look around everywhere, there's transition going on wherever you look. The financial markets are transitioning, for better or for worse, right? People are moving from job to job. Maybe you're having a baby like me. You know, it's <laughs> transition's happening, right? We are all going through transition all of the time. In fact, you went through a transition just to be born, and that's part of God's process. You went through the transition of going from spirit to flesh, to being here. And so that's really God's system for how he operates here on earth. Not only does he do it in you, he also does it through you. And in fact, there really is no just stagnancy, right? There's no status quo in life. There is only God's process, which is to take you through transition time and time again, whether it's you moving from a baby in diapers to learning how to ride a tricycle to going to college to having your own babies to watching them do the same thing, or you switching jobs, or you deciding to finally act on that thing that you have in your heart from God. And in the same way, God is using transition to help you to grow and to be the person that you are called to be. It is a beautiful process. It's so beautiful, but... Because transition is constant all the time, it also happens to be the thing that we most have trouble with. We wrestle with it. We don't like change. We like to live in comfort and stability and the status quo because it feels safe. We know what this looks like. But if you continue to do that, you continue to put a cap on your potential to not only transform yourself, but the world around you. So God did not create us to live in the status quo. He created us to continually transform ourselves and the world around us. So let's say that there's some change going on in life. Maybe it's something you expected. Maybe it's something that God gave you, right? He gave you a vision to start a business, to write the book, to start that nonprofit, to help people, to do whatever it is that he has called you to do. Do you have it in your mind? Can you think of something that he asked you to do? Okay. So it's really exciting at first, right? right? you got this vision. You've seen other people who are really successful doing this thing. And you're like, oh my gosh, when this happens, it's just going to be so awesome. And God's going to get all the glory and we're going to do all these things. And oh, it's so fun. And butterflies and rainbows. That happens to be my gift. I love to live in, in dreaming. And dreaming is a very powerful gift to have. But there is also a thing called the process or the middle. And some people call it the messy middle. And I happen to be a person who tends to, has in the past, tended to struggle with um, fighting tooth and nail through the middle. Because what happens is your mind has this amazing thing built in it that's all about survival. And in the survival brain of yours, it's great for keeping you safe from tigers and knowing where your next meal is coming from. It also likes to keep things stable and constant and predictable. But God did not call us to do that besides to survive. So if we're going to be out of the survival mode, and I'm pretty sure that we all are, then we need to be able to actually move and transition into new things and learn new things and experience new things. So if that's the case, then what happens in your mind when your survival brain goes off? Fight, flight, or freeze. So if you want to self-identify, feel free to, but I'm going to describe a little bit about what this looks like, and I happen to know all of these because I've experienced all of these, sometimes all at once, and that's really fun. So sometimes we have, you're the controller. You want to have all of your things dotted, all your I's dotted and your T's crossed. You've got the entire plan. You know exactly what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, until it doesn't, and then you freak out. Maybe you're the hustler. These are the people that they know that their results come from their hard work. And that's the only way things get done, and they can outwork anybody. And hard work is the way that you get everything done. 
And so they work and they work and they work. But what they don't realize is that they're on a treadmill of working until they get burnt out. When they could have been talking to God and getting a strategy to go the right way and doing what God told them to do. Then there's my precious avoiders. Sometimes I'm this too. Um, when the avoiders are the people who they're sitting back and they're saying, God, you couldn't possibly have told me that. Or they're saying things like, well, God, I don't have the finances or the money. That doesn't even seem logical. No one's done that before. So I'm just going to go do this other thing. I'm going to ignore it like that. That didn't even happen. Or maybe on the smaller scale, they're the procrastinators. Does your house get really, really clean even though you're supposed to be doing something that God told you to do? You might be an avoider. I am. My house always looks really great. I always get into spring cleaning right before I'm supposed to write a book. So this is what is going on. But the problem is, is that none of these are backed in faith. But our mind convinces them, us, that they are. Our mind says, we're doing, we're controlling the situation. We're doing our best because this is what God told us to do. And by doing this, we're going to control the situation and get the results we want. And won't God be happy for us? But then the messy middle happens. Um, I don't know about you, but when God asks you to do something big and you're already successful in something, that's the hardest time to have faith. A couple years ago, God asked me to um, leave a corporate job that I was very successful at. I was on the leadership track. I was a high potential person. They were giving me opportunities outside of my work to do other things. I was known for what I was doing. I was getting an amazingly great paycheck. And people knew about me, and it was great. And God gave that to me. And then he said, I want you to start that business we've been talking about. So I avoided at first. I waited about a year. Then I looked into my newborn son's eyes and said, I have to do this. And I can't continue to avoid this. And God gave me the opportunity to leave and pay for my way to do that. But in that process, in the messy middle, I was then without the expertise, wasn't known, wasn't doing anything. And I had these nights for a year where I would sit up late at night. This is two years ago. So this is not a long time ago. And I would say, God, I know you told me to do this, but where, where the bottom line is not showing that you're here. I don't see any evidence of this. I don't see anything that you're doing here, God. And I know that you told me to do this, but I feel alone. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I felt like Jesus on the cross because I couldn't hear God. I couldn't sense God. I couldn't feel God. And meanwhile, I'm supposed to be setting an example for this tiny newborn miracle son that I have of what this is supposed to look like in the kingdom. Money is going out and not in. I invested over $80,000 in training and nothing was coming in. And I, I prayed to God and I, I overthought. I thought that I was the problem. I, I thought about all the strategies and I became paralyzed. I became paralyzed with fear. I became paralyzed with, with grief about what if this isn't, what if I didn't hear God? What if my intuition isn't as good as I thought it was? And in that moment, I just said to God, there was a moment of, it was only about nine months ago, Chris. And I said, God, I'm, I'm done. I'm giving this to you. I can't, I can't do this anymore like this. I can't stand this pressure. I felt like I was going to blow up like a pressure cooker. And in that moment, I said, God, God, if this is your vision and I know what it is, I know what you have called me to do. I'm certain. And I've chosen to take this path. 
I am giving the results to you. This is your responsibility. And I said it like that. I said it like that to him because I was frustrated and I was tired and I was exhausted from being the only person who was going through this alone while no one else knew and I put on a really great face at church. Like everything is okay because that's what you do, right? So I went and I continued doing what I could do. And some days that was just posting something on social media. And I would do nothing else the entire day because I was so stuck in overthinking and perfection and the need to perform for God. And when I did this, and then, I mean, Rebecca and Tina know in Vanessa because there was a Zoom where like, I'm like, how is everybody doing? And then I just started bawling like I couldn't carry it anymore. And after I had that moment with God, when I surrendered it to him and I said, this is not my job to, to, to produce this anymore. This is your job, God. I'm not responsible for the results of this. You gave me the vision, so you be responsible for the results. Things started to shift. In that moment, what happened a couple weeks later, I landed into a training gig with Microsoft. Now, when I say with Microsoft, I mean that I was training Microsoft leaders. I had no connections. I had spoken on small stages, and it takes people a lifetime to get there. Then a few months after that, another Fortune 500 company contacted me. I wasn't doing the whole sales process. I wasn't even being perfect. I wasn't doing anything that they tell you to do, all the gurus tell you to do to business. And in the middle of this, they, in the middle of this, in the messy middle, when I was doubting myself and wondering where God was, they contacted me and said, we want to give you at least a two-year contract for your company to work with us, to lead us through change, to do what you've always wanted to do, Jenna. And we're going to pay you a multiple six-figure-a-year uh, salary to do this. Praise God. So here's, here's the point, here's the point, is that when you surrender to God, you recognize where you've been not in faith, and you surrender to God. Surrender looks like surrendering your mind, your will, your beliefs, your emotions, even when you don't feel like it, your actions, and the results. Really important there, the results too. When you surrender to God, you give him the opportunity to work with you in faith to get it done without you having to deal with the peril, the distress, and all of that stuff in the middle. So that's what you need to do if you want to transition with ease and with grace. One, you need to believe God. The Bible says that when, the Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, we could put that up on the screen, please. Trust and rely in confidently on the Lord with all of your heart. That's your, the heart means their mind, will, emotions. And do not rely on your own insight. It's not going to be seen in the, in the physical. You're not going to see in the transition in the physical what is happening in the spiritual because 99% of the work happens in the spiritual before it loads into the physical. So 99%. So it's all of the work's going to be done in the spiritual first. And then it's going to come into the, into the physical. So in all, with all of your heart, do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all of your ways, your actions, your beliefs, everything. 
acknowledge him. God, this is yours. I give this to you. I don't know where you are right now, but I know what you told me, and I know that you, what your promises are. I believe it. And he will make your path straight and remove the obstacles that block your way. So that is how you go through, through transition with ease. Now, the, I'm going to finish on this. Ten years ago, my husband and I, I had a dream that we had a baby. And I knew his name, and I knew what he was about, and I knew what he did. And I saw myself, and I knew he was mine, and biologically. And for years, we didn't have that child. It took about seven years for me to realize I needed to face some fears. I'm afraid of needles. I pass out every time we do the tests and stuff. I cry. It's ridiculous. But <laughs> I need to face some fears, get these tests done, and see what's going on. Tests came back. Lots of fainting happened. We, but we overcame the fear. <laughs> um, went through some procedures that hurt. Um, but they said... Your ovarian reserve is low. You don't get more ovarian reserve, by the way. You get it it's in your mother's womb is when you get it. So this is going to be a little bit difficult, they said. Chris and I looked at each other, and we said this. We said, our children are real. They exist right now just as much as they existed back then before they were born. Our children exist in the spiritual, and we know their names. We know who they are. We know what they do. So we kept going through that process. We went through that process for about a year. Month after month, we said, our children are real, and my body is the perfect body to hold this child. Spoiler alert, it works. <laughs> when we conceived the child, there was even a call from the doctor. I was in a business meeting with Dr. Martin, and the doctor said on the phone, left a message saying, your numbers are low. We think this is probably a miscarriage, by the way. Um, and so we're going to check them again, but it's, you know, we might have to be prepared to go and like, clean you out. This is right before Dream Weekend. I was sitting in Kylan Rebecca's living room listening to this message and then went back to the meeting. And when they did that, when the, she said that, I just said, God, this child is real. I know that my body is the perfect place and I know that my body is cooperating and that he, his time to be here is now. And today you're going to see that miracle walking down the hall. He's the one that smiles at you. He's the little blonde-haired boy that when, he, when you feel sad, he's going to come up and give you a hug because he's empathetic. He's going to talk your ear off and convince you of what he thinks you should do too. So he, he is the joy and the pride of our life. And when, I, when you see that child, I want you to see something. I don't want you to see my miracle. I want you to see yours. What is your baby? What is, what is the thing that God has asked you to do? What is the thing that God has asked you to go through transition and that maybe you're avoiding? And the thing that maybe you, maybe you're a little bit afraid of because it's going to take you overcoming some fears. What is that business idea or that book, those people you're supposed to reach that you keep putting off and saying till tomorrow that, well, I don't have enough time or I don't have enough money or I don't have enough knowledge. God is not asking for you to provide those things. God is asking for you to surrender. When you understand and you align with God's word and you believe what he says, then you work to eliminate your resistance to that, and then you take faith and action. You do exactly just what he tells you to do. No more. You don't need to overwork this. You don't have to be perfect. My middles have always been messy, but God still provides because he's in charge of the results. When you believe that, you will see your transition come with ease. You'll see the promises that God has promised you, and you'll see them today. So that's what it's like to transition and what you learn when you submit to the process and you surrender to God. Amen. Wow, come on, AWC. That was amazing. I said, come on, AWC. Okay.
All right, take a seat, take a seat, take a seat. Really quick, Ron, next time you do an illustration, you gotta let me know, just so I know what I'm looking for. He was like, do you guys remember when Tom Cruise was on the Oprah show? When he was running and jumping all over the stuff? The thing about it is that for what for you seems quirky, you might not understand what Ron was going through as he was teaching. So just before, I have some questions for you. But there are some stories in this building. If you really allowed your body to exemplify what the Lord had done for you, <laughs> hold on, ready? stop playing, stop playing, stop playing, stop playing. If you, if you allowed your body to exemplify the level that God freed you, it might look like running. If you allowed your body to exemplify how your marriage has made it through, it might look like foaming at the mouth. And people are going to think that you're weird. But the thing about your faith is that they weren't in the middle with you. I want to give you guys your flowers. You guys did an amazing job. Y'all did an amazing job. So here we go. All right, so I got a couple of questions uh, really quick. But first and foremost, my proudest moment, I think, today is you, Miss Yvonne. Really quick. So we were having a conversation as we were preparing, and Miss Yvonne mentioned in her, her notes that for the longest period of time, that you were just going to church, like you were making a decision to go. But you said something that I'd like for you to potentially uh, unbox a little bit. You remember that? Okay. Um, you mentioned that a lot of people make the decision to go to church, but they don't use their faith to go to church. Absolutely. Um, I think we make faith just a little bit too hard. Let, let me, um, I'll just give you a simple ex uh, uh, explanation here or Example. Here we go. So if you walked over to a chair and you sat in that chair, because you know that the purpose of the chair is to hold you up, right? So if you walk over to a chair and you sit in it and then all of a sudden that chair breaks, the next time you walk to a chair, you're going to do this, right? You're going you, you're gonna to try to test it, right? So you have to walk by faith. To, you, I'm sorry. You use your faith all the time. When you go to a restaurant and you place an order, the first thing you do is what? Place the order, right? But you expect that person to put the ingredients in it that's not going to harm you, that's not going to hurt you. Um, you're expecting them to bring you exactly what you ordered. And in most cases, they do that, right? You walked by faith by doing that. It, it's really that simple. You go and you f um, get a subscription field. You expect them to have the right dosage. You expect them to um, have it, if it's supposed to be in the peel form and not the liquid form, you expect them to do all of that, right? So that's you. That is um, hope. the things that you hope for, but the evidence not seen until you actually see it. So you're, doing, you're walking by faith just doing simple things day to day. So I, one more thing. So today is the day of Pentecost, right? So people have take, what, what happens is that when things happen in our faith, people will take that one moment and then they'll make an entire like following out of it. So that's why we get like the Pentecostal church, church of God in Christ, right? But the breaking down of Pentecost is that we celebrate when the Holy Spirit came to the apostles and they were filled. So I have a question for you because you mentioned the Holy Spirit and shameless plug. Our next sermon series is all about the Holy Spirit. We're going to teach you about the Holy Spirit. We're going to, I believe that there's going to be a miraculous, sorry, I just got goosebumps. I believe that there's going to be a miraculous filling of the people of God. 
And it's not just going to be the signs of speaking in tongues, but that we're actually going to feel him. So I have a question for you. What was it like for you when you got, what was your faith like before the Holy Spirit and after? The Holy Spirit. Now keep in mind, this was like 19, so I got, no, no. So, I mean, this was like 1986, six, seven, somewhere up in there. Yeah. When I got 86, it was 1986 when I got filled with the Holy Ghost. So it's so crazy because like in certain moments in time, whether it's at work, at home, in church, I still feel that same feeling that I had way back then, but it's more intense. Yes, but it's more intense. So when I'm about to make a decision or whatever, I'm, I'm like, okay, Holy Ghost, what, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Where, where are we going? How, mm-hmm. how do we do this? And when he gives you the information and, and you do it yeah. and then acknowledge yeah. that he did it, right? Yeah. Then he keeps doing it. Right. So it builds your confidence and it gives you a, a friendship with him. It's similar to like a friend. Right. Yeah. How, yeah. So anyway, so the feeling is like power. It feels like electricity. It feels like I am infused with something greater than myself. Mm-hmm. No, you feel it. Go for it. Oh, I'm good. You good? Yes, sir. You, do you feel that thing? Woo. Really quick. If there, are any people, just... if there are any people in the room, can we just be quirky just for a second? Ooh, we're we're going to do church a little bit different. Can you prophesy over the people that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit even in this moment? I need you to go to the four in whatever key that you're in. Just prophesy with people. Go for it. Go for it. You ain't got time. Come on. Come on. Go for it. Go for it. Oh, hey. So, um, right there in St. What is that? Luke 7. Luke 7. It tells us if we ask a father for bread, he will not give us a stone. If we ask for a fish, he will not give us a serpent. Um, so, as we ask for the Holy Spirit, he will come. In fact, my son led my daughter through getting the Holy Spirit. One day that I left, let them stay at home for Valentine, I mean, for um, Halloween. And so just the bottom line is, as you ask him to feel you, he will feel you. Lead them. So right now in Jesus' name, raise your hand if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and just say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to fill me with your spirit. Fill me to overflowing. Oh God, give me the evidence of speaking in tongues. I want to feel you. I want to know you. I want to operate in your power. I want your power to manifest in my life right now, right here in Jesus' name. Give me the evidence Hallelujah, that you are on the inside of me, working on this outside. In the name of Jesus, do it, Father. Hallelujah. Now it's up to you to receive it in Jesus' name. It's really that simple. It really is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so you may get a word. Like, with, what I got was Adela. I was like, Adela, what is a Adela? And I just kept saying it, Adela, Adela, Adela. And then all of a sudden, And all right, okay, cut it off. I'm just trying to tell y'all, there are gifts in this house that you are sitting next to right now. You don't need to speak with a pastor. You don't need to speak with a minister. Look at your neighbor. Say, it might be you. Look at your neighbor behind you. Say, it might be you. Look at yourself. Say, it might be me. Daggone it. Somebody scream, glory. 
you've broken the seam, so just get ready, because I'm you, you can teach next Sunday. Okay, Ron, I got a question for you. So explain to the crowd the quirkiness. What we saw. Because a lot of people, it's weird. To a lot of people, they don't like, why is he jumping around? Because so, you were so excited about what God did for you that, like, parts that you were saying, they couldn't even, they couldn't even, like, Understand. it almost felt like at some point in time, you and your wife were selling, celebrating God again as if it was happening for the first time. So I have a question for you. For the people that are out here, really quick, just so that you can see them, how many of you are in a place where you feel some parts of your life are stagnant? You feel like it's barren, like you've been asking God and you're having miscarriages. Not even just physical, but spiritually. Like, God, I keep putting myself out there. No, raise them up high. Raise them up high. What would be your words of encouragement for every single person that you see with their hands up from your story? So explain the quirkiness first and then, okay. So um, I'd like to start by telling you that is not me, but, <laughs> um, but here's the thing. Um, can I? <laughs> um, let, let me let me just say this. Let me explain the quirkiness. Um, I remember my middle guys. I remember. Just um, trying and doing everything I knew to do. We, we are trying and just not getting the results. Um, I don't know about y'all, but I need God, y'all. Like, I, 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 I need him. There, there's, when I look at what God has done, um, and we, that's just one of our testimonies. Uh, so there, there's, there's a verse that says that um, by faith, the elders obtained an excellent testimony, and, um, and 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 when you saw me doing whatever I was doing, inventing things, I think even um, in movements that I had never seen before, <laughs> it is it is an expression of the joy, but also my dependence on God and knowing that He was the one that made it happen. So I can't help but I I, I just there's there's something in me. Um, that just, that I have to externalize what's happening on the inside. The bottom line is it's joy unspeakable. So, so let me, let me, let me do the second thing is, um, pastor asked me to do. I want, I want to take you back to my middle because in the middle like Pastor Martin said last week, I wasn't by myself. I was not by myself. And Pastor Martin reintroduced us to two new words, and that was uh, perception and perspective. And since I wasn't by myself and there was something with me, um, and, I'm, and I want to encourage you guys, I, I want to encourage you that through this perspective of of what God has done for you in the past. And, and, and maybe you could possibly be at a place where he hasn't done anything major yet, but through the perspective of what he's done in his word, that you just sit there and you meditate on that. For this child I prayed and you have granted me the petitions of my heart. 
by your stripes I am healed. Well, I don't know what it is you need. Bring into the uh, storehouse the whole tithe that my house may have me. Test me in this and see if I will not pour out a blessing so big that you will not have room enough for it. So if it's finances, if it's a business, if it's a baby, God is able, y'all. God is able. Isn't this fun? God, this is so fun. Okay, Jenna. I want you to explain to people what an ovarian reserve is and explain to our church because how many of you, really quick, by a sign of hands, experts have told you what God has given you is impossible. This is not going to work. No, raise them high. Raise, this is not going to work. You're, 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 you're too black. You're too white. You're too short. You're too fat. You're too old. You're too young. Like, so for you, what, what, is, what is an ovarian reserve? And how do you go from what they told you was impossible to us trying to tell Howie to stop running down the hallway? <laughs> Okay, so science class, ovarian reserve is the amount of eggs that a woman is given. And it is given not after you're born. You don't just keep making them. It's actually given when you, as a little girl, are in your mother's womb. So you and her mother, and she does the same for her mother. So there's like a legacy aspect there. It's, it's super cool. God is amazing. So when, when the doctor says something like, this is supposed to be 3.0 and you're 0.08 and that means you can't make more. I, I mean, what, what are you supposed to do in those moments? The only thing that I could th think to do was to say, but that's not what God said. And I believe what God says more than I believe what a science test says. And, and while... While this test is, is like, that could show what's real right now, right? Because God made science. He made all that stuff. I know what God showed me. And I know what he has promised me. And so sometimes, like, when you're in the middle of something and it doesn't look like what's, what you know God showed you, you have to remember that 99% of it is in the spiritual first. It's, it's still there. It just isn't, you can't touch it yet, but it is touchable in the spirit. It is experienceable and it is real right now. So when we made that decision, we made a decision to believe that it was real, as real as in here. And in fact, we, we did some crazy things. We carried, a, I carried around a bag of flour to feel the weight of the baby in my arms. I painted the nursery. I rocked the bag of flour in the nursery. We called out his name. We called out her name. We called we called out all of our children's names, and we said that we know you're real. We know that you're here, and we know that we're becoming parents, so we're going to read parent books. We're going to do all of the things to create the physical environment that is the habitat in which the spiritual can transfer to the natural. That is what faith in action looks like. We didn't stress about it. We didn't go into the fertility forums where they're talking about infertility and lack and things. We said, nope. We're not talking about any of that stuff because that is not what God said. So we made the choice. Okay. So is, is this helping anybody today? Like for real? Okay. So all of you guys taught. The, the reason why I think these times, and this is the close, the reason why I think these times where other people <laughs> teach in our church are so important is because I know 
and uh, can I just be, can I just be Joshua just for a second? Okay, I know that I am a black male from the South, and we come from like the charismatic moves of God speaking in tongues and like the whole, a lot of people think it's convulsions, like, like no, like we're actually experiencing God, right? But I know that the, that the portion of the gospel that I've been given, I can only reach a certain segment of people. I just want to make sure, and really quick, as if nobody else is here, I want to make sure that you guys know that somebody might have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ today for the first time ever because you decided to teach this morning. And the foundation of this church is not to be iconic. It's, it's not, we're not, we're not building this thing so that a person can be seen. It's, it's not a, a me vision, it's a we vision. I want to personally thank you for being vulnerable, being open, and sharing what a lot of people out here might have been too afraid to share, but you might have given them the faith to start sharing their story. And the hope of this sermon series, everyone, is for us to realize that you're not in the middle alone. All of us are in the middle, but look around you. You have people with you in this place. So I just want to say thank you this morning, but this is how we're going to close. I'm going to release the people, but really quick, it would be amazing if the three of you could just release a word of prophecy, pray over, and encourage people from all three points. So if this is you, actually everybody, let's just stand to our feet so we can get up out of here. Your word was decisions. There are some mm -hmm. people out here, just raise your hand really quick if you're in the middle of some really big decisions. Really big decisions. Come on, AWC. Come on, let's be bold. Some big, I mean, some big stuff. Like, are we going to adopt the kid or are we not going to adopt the kid? Am I going to get this vaccination? Am I not? Am I going to Am I gonna get this procedure or not? Okay. You spoke about... Uh, surrender. Uh, 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 surrender. Surrender, right? So there are a lot of folks in here. It's hard for you to let go and let God because it's terrifying. How many of you, that, that's you. Come on, signify it. Okay, cool. Okay, trust in God. And Ron... There are some people in here that might be dealing with barrenness. And in your life, glory to God. You might be on your last leg this morning. You might think that, you know what, it's not going to work out. I'm giving up. I'm done. If that's you, raise your hand. I see you. I see you. Really quick, before they begin to prophesy, open up your mouth and just be open with God. And be open. God, I'm scared. God, I don't know if I can go through another miscarriage again. Not even just a physical baby, but this, this is the third business I've tried. We can't go bankrupt again. God, come on. Be, op be open with God. Be open with him. God, I don't know how to trust you. God, it's scary trusting you. Those of you that are watching online, you might be sitting in the middle of a situation right now where it seems like God isn't real. Tell him, God, I don't know if you're with me. Matter of fact, I see you doing stuff for other people, and to be quite honest, I'm kind of jealous of what you're doing for them. You said you'd never leave me or forsake me, but I feel mighty forsook. <laughs> I feel mighty alone. Now receive the word of the Lord. Father God, we thank you and praise you, Lord God, for each and every person that are in the middle of a decision, Lord God. Father, we thank you and we praise you, Father, that as they step out, Lord God, and choose to trust what they don't see, to choose to trust what they're afraid of, to choose what they um, to choose to trust what they may not have the fate to do. Father, just as Thomas said, I doubt, 
But Father, we give all doubts to you right now in Jesus' name. Lord God, we know that all things are possible to him that believe. And you do the impossible, Lord God. Put your super on their natural and give them the courage to believe you, Lord God. Give them the courage right now in Jesus' name. Father God, help them to open their mouths and decree and declare what they want to be established in their lives in Jesus' name. Oh God, I thank you that, hallelujah, Father God, is not by might, it's not by power, it is by your spirit working on the inside. And I just pray, Father, that they will surrender to your will, Lord God, this day and say, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your will being done. We say your will is done in this earth. Your will is done in my life. Your will is done in my house. Your will is done in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. The word of God says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted above the heavens and above the earth. God wants you to know today that he can create life out of barrenness. He can create resources where there is nothing but desert. He can give hope where there is only hopelessness. God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the one that is responsible for giving you everything that he has put desires in your heart for. So release what he has asked you to do to him. Release the need for control. And I prophesy right now that you are releasing it today here and you are leaving it here at this altar. That not another day will go by where you feel the need to control what is going on in your life and you surrender it to God who is the God above all things and all people and all resources and all businesses and all things that you have put, he has put in your heart for you. God, we thank you that you are the provider, you are the author, and you are the protector. And we say, we surrender all. If you surrender all today, just raise your hand and say, God, I give it to you. I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to know what's going on. I don't have to know what the next step is, God, but I surrender it to you today. I surrender my beliefs. I surrender my will. I surrender my emotions, even though I might even be frustrated with you, God. And I surrender the results to you. You are the only one that can make this happen, God. And we release it and surrender it to you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. In 1 Samuel, can you guys hear me okay? In 1 Samuel, um, the Bible has an interesting verse early in that, in that passage, and it says that God closed Hannah's womb. And I was like, Lord, what? It says you closed Hannah's womb. God said, keep reading. I kept reading, and what we find is that Hannah got to a place that she says, Lord, if you do this, I will lend him to the Lord all the days of his life, and not a razor will touch his head. So what God was really looking for, and the reason he permitted the barrenness temporarily, because he was interested in making an exchange. He just wanted to make an exchange. Had he just given Hannah, Samuel, 
there would have been no exchange. And she, we would have potentially avoided one of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament. Some of you are going through a season where you're experiencing real barrenness. And I want to stand with you today. I want to go back to my middle. And I want to see your middle from that perspective of what I and my wife went through. And I want to tell you that your barrenness is temporary. It is not permanent. God is just simply interested in making an exchange. There's something that God wants from you. You need to identify what that is and offer it to him and cancel your barrenness. So God, I thank you so much for your people. Father God, I know that you love them, that you care for them, Father God. And you told us to be fruitful, to multiply, to replenish, and to subdue. So Father God, that fruit that you, that you spoke of, the business, the baby, the idea, the invention, the cure, it came from you, God. But Father God, your avenue was to bring in healing, to bring in blessing through your sons, oh God to bring in healing through your sons. And Father, we simply, we simply just want to obey you, God. So Father God, I speak to that vision. I speak to the one who was about to walk away. And I say, return to your post. I speak to the one who was about to trade in faith for faithlessness. And I say, be in faith. The word says, grow not weary in well-doing. And God, I look into heaven and I see the dreams and the hopes of your people. And Father God, we make a decision to stand still knowing that you are God. And then as, as we stand, we will be in faith and we lay claim. Somebody say, I lay claim. I lay claim. I lay claim. We lay claim to the promise, Father God. And we will pull it in to the physical. And when we receive it, God, we'll be sure to give you the praise and the glory and to offer it back to you, Father God, as an act of our worship, as Hannah did.